0: Hello there. And in this episode I want to uh, discuss um, some teaching in the Quran that many Westerners find quite shocking and surprising uh, when they first come across it and that is the Quran's denial of the crucifixion of Jesus or his apparent denial of the crucifixion of Jesus. It's found in only one verse um, and almost in parenthesis in passing this um, claim is made and um, And in many uh, people's eyes in the West, this discredits the Quran. How can we take revelation, uh, uh, alleged revelation seriously, which denies the historical evidence? For example, we have four gospels written by eyewitnesses, which clearly testify to Jesus being crucified. We have the apostle Paul, a disciple of Jesus, who clearly um, states that Jesus was crucified. So uh, the Quran surely must be in error when it uh, so obviously denies that Jesus was crucified. This is the kind of reaction we get. Um, And I want to um, mention this book and quote a few bits and pieces from it. Uh, The book is called The Crucifixion and the Quran, a study in the history of Muslim thought by Todd Lawson, who is a professor um, at the University of Toronto. And uh, he is a specialist in this field. And the back cover um, uh, has lots of Uh, commendations by uh, other academics uh, praising it, uh, uh, its lucidity and its its admirable scholarship and so on. Uh, And uh, I do recommend it. I've read the whole book. And uh, it it is an absolute mine of of historical and textual uh, information on this one verse in the Quran and how it's been interpreted over the centuries. And uh, contrary to popular belief, um, the interpretation of this verse, which I'll read in a second, has been the subject of vigorous debate amongst Muslims for centuries. Um, so I'm just going to read the verse out. So I'm going to read it in this Abdel Halim translation, which many academics in the West think is the best translation available uh, today. And I'm actually going to read several verses before the the verse itself about the crucifixion, because context really matters. Um, I think it's not just the meaning of the words of that one verse, but also the surrounding verses, the surrounding context, which give a sense of, I think, what what the author is trying to convey uh, in terms of this particular verse. So um, unusually, I'm going to start from verse 153 of chapter number four. So it's the fourth surah of the Quran. I'm starting with 153, which is uh, quite a bit earlier than the verse, which actually um, appears 157, 158. So I'm reading quite a bit uh, before that, and there's a reason for me doing that. So I'll just read. Obviously, I'm not going to go into the Arabic. Um, my Arabic isn't good enough, and anyway, we have a perfectly good English translation, I think, to deal with. So in Abdul Halim's translation, uh, we read the following. The people of the book demand that you, Muhammad, make a book physically come down to them from heaven. But they demanded even more than that of Moses when they said, show us God face to face and were struck by the thunderbolt for their presumption. Even after clear revelations had come down to them, they took the calf as an object of worship. Yet we pardon this and gave Moses clear authority we made the mountain tower high above them at their pledge we said to them enter the gate humbly and do not break the sabbath and took a solemn pledge from them and so for breaking their pledge for rejecting God's revelations for unjustly killing their prophets for saying our minds are closed no god has sealed them in their disbelief so that they believe only a little and because they disbelieved and uttered a terrible slander against mary and said we have killed the messiah jesus son of mary and messenger of god they did not kill him nor did they crucify him though it was made to appear like that to them those that disagreed about him are full of doubt With no knowledge to follow, only supposition, they certainly did not kill him. No, God raised him up to himself. God has the power to decide. End quote. Now, um, that last sentence, they did not kill him, nor did they crucify him, is in parenthesis, is in brackets in this translation. So in other words, it's an aside. It's not the central point. Of this passage, it's something in brackets, so does that context make a difference? Uh, I think it does. What we're looking at then is God addressing or speaking about uh, the Israelites about their uh, what they did about Moses uh, how they uh, rebelled, um, how they um, rejected God's prophets and kill their prophets how they uttered a terrible slander against mary the mother of jesus how they boasted that they had killed the messiah then the quran says in parenthesis but they didn't kill him though it appeared like that to them to the jews so as you might gather the way i'm phrasing this what is this passage saying and that is it saying that jesus As such, in history, was not crucified? Or is it saying about the Jews that they didn't do what they claimed to have done, thus opening up the possibility that he was crucified, perhaps by the Romans? This is the question. There seems to be an open question here about about how we interpret that passage. At least that's how it appears to some people. And at the beginning of um, Lawson's book, he quotes Quran 417. They did not kill him. They did not crucify him. Rather, it only appeared so to them. And he comments, this is the only verse in the Quran that mentions the crucifixion of Jesus. It has largely been understood by both Muslims and in some ways, more interestingly, by Christians as a denial of the historical and to many irrefutable fact of the crucifixion of Jesus. Obviously such a doctrinal position serves as a great obstacle separating Muslims and Christians on the grounds of belief, but more importantly such belief frankly serves to diminish Islam in the eyes of Christians and so-called Westerners whose cultural identity is bound up, whether they are believers or not, with the axiomatic and unquestionable myth of the death and resurrection of Jesus. This book demonstrates that Muslim teaching, just like Christian teaching on the life and ministry of Jesus, is by no means consistent or monolithic. When it comes to the topic at hand, the understanding of the Quranic verse that mentions the crucifixion, it will be demonstrated that there are numerous forces at work at various levels of the Islamic learned tradition that impinge upon the hermeneutical culture out of which Doctrine may be thought to have arisen and endured. What he's alluding to, without going into uh, the arguments in the book, is that he, he says that um, many uh, Muslim commentators were in, influenced by what's known as Israeliat. These are Jewish Christian traditions about what happened to Jesus. Um, and they're not necessarily rooted in um, the authentic Islamic texts alone when it comes to understanding what happened on the cross, what happened to Jesus, was there a substitute, was there a swooning, whatever. A lot of these theories come from Christian apocryphal sources, he says, and he demonstrates this with much textual evidence, Um, and are not necessarily what the Quran is saying. Um, And he continues, the uninitiated scholar or interested reader is likely to regard this standard Muslim teaching about Jesus with some surprise and bemusement. By far, the vast majority of the followers of Islam hold that Jesus, in fact, was not crucified, but remains alive with God in a spiritual realm from where he will descend at the end of time in an Islamic version of the second coming. And in my experience, this is very true. But as will be seen in the following pages, any number of readers, Muslim or Muslims or not, could read and have read the same verse without coming to this conclusion and this is what tim winter alluded to in his email to me that there are other ways of interpreting this verse as i've already hinted and um i just want to uh summarize as uh todd uh, himself does um the main and the main options this is i'm reading from his introduction to the book uh the main options when it comes to uh the interpretation of this verse and the sheer variety of interpretations that historically have been offered as uh possible readings of the passage in the quran and he says The variety of interpretation whether by muslim scholars or scholars from outside the islamic tradition encountered in the following pages of his book may be arranged under three categories one no one was crucified two jesus was crucified but this happened only because god decided so it was not a result of the plotting of the jews three a person other than jesus was crucified this is the view most widely held in the contemporary Muslim world. In the main, the position put forth here agrees with the recent uh, discussion found in the Encyclopedia of the Quran. The Encyclopedia of the Quran is a, a huge reference work of academic articles, um, which uh, uh, contains this uh, quote by or the article uh by neil robinson who's a um a british professor uh in the encyclopedia of quran edited by jd uh McEliffe, um and this is in 2005 and uh so the author of this book is basically endorsing the conclusions of the encyclopedia of the quran so i'll just read to you what it says the quranic teaching about Jesus' death is not entirely clear-cut Three things, however, may be said with certainty. First, the Quran attaches no salvific importance to his death. So, in other words, how Jesus died, or the fact that he died, or will die, has no significance for salvation for Muslims or anyone else. It's irrelevant, soteriologically irrelevant to use the jargon. It doesn't really matter how he died. Salvation is not dependent on his death in any way at all. Anyway, if one reads his teaching out of interest in the Gospels, uh, in the earliest Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, salvation, people have received forgiveness and salvation and mercy from God and forgiveness from God uh, based on the grace and mercy of God and their own repentance and nothing to do with anyone dying on a cross. So uh, firstly, the Quran attaches no scientific importance to his death. Secondly, It does not mention his resurrection on the third day and has no need of it as a proof of God's power to raise the dead. Third, although the Jews thought that they had killed Jesus, from God's viewpoint, they did not kill or crucify him. Beyond this is the realm of speculation. So those are the three facts that we can deduce in the passage. The classical commentators generally began with the questionable premise that the passage, that's chapter four or Sirah four one five seven to nine, contains an unambiguous denial of Jesus' death by crucifixion. They found confirmation of this in the existence of traditional reports about a lookalike substitute and hadiths about Jesus' future descent. Then they interpreted the other Quranic references to Jesus' death in the light of their understanding of this one passage. If, however, the other passages are examined without presupposition and Quran 4 157 9 is then interpreted in the light of them, it can be read as a denial of the ultimate reality of Jesus' death rather than a categorical denial that he died. The traditional reports about the crucifixion of a lookalike substitute probably originated in circles in contact with Gnostic Christians. These are the Israeli um, traditions I mentioned. This may also owe something to early Shi'i speculation about the fate of the imams. And he goes on to say Robinson's summary is excellent. Now. My own view is I don't have a view. I I, I don't know is the uh, the answer to this question. Um, I suppose if I was to be safe, I would go with the view that Jesus wasn't crucified, um, although it appeared to them that it was that he was. When we come to the Gospels and Paul's letters, biblical scholars biblical scholarship today has come to the overwhelming consensus that they're not written by eyewitnesses. Matthew's Gospel. Uh, which is traditionally thought to be by the Apostle Matthew, um, is not now thought to be authored by a disciple of Jesus called Matthew. It is anonymous. If you look at your Bible and you read the Gospel, it doesn't say who the author is, and it doesn't read like an eyewitness testimony. An eyewitness would say would, it, would speak in the third, sorry, in the first person. Occasionally, he never does. He, he never says, "I met Jesus" or "We." saw that it's always they he third person and also it's extremely unlikely that for other reasons many reasons historical reasons why um it's not an eyewitness account which i won't go into in this video mark doesn't claim to be an eyewitness either um and uh, luke is not an eyewitness he's a companion of paul and john again who is this john the conclusion is uh even by conservative scholars that the apostle john is not the John that is intended to be the author of that gospel. Paul, well, Paul never knew Jesus. He never met Jesus in his lifetime. He had a vision on the road to Damascus, a vision that in one account, the people with him did not see. So he had an invisible vision that only he saw. Okay, if you want to take that as a, a, a solid religious foundation for Christianity, so be it, but it's not a great basis. So what I'm trying to say is we don't actually have any eyewitness testimony in the new testament and even in mark's gospel the earliest gospel we have it said that all the disciples the apostles scarpered ran away and the women viewed the crucifixion at a distance at a distance so they saw something that was a long way off that they thought was the crucifixion of jesus and that ties in actually with what the Quran said: it appeared to them that he had been crucified, although he was not crucified. In fact, it's impossible. The Quran's claim, if you take the majority position that he wasn't crucified, is impossible to refute because if it was made to appear to them, the Jews, that he was crucified, how could anyone deny that he was crucified? History reports that he was. Well, it appeared that he was. It appeared to them that he was crucified. So history, of course, reports that he was indeed crucified so ultimately it comes down to trust to who you trust what is the quran if the quran is the actual speech of god the revelation of god almighty himself then it has insider knowledge it knows what's really going on he can say it appeared to people but in fact the contrary was the case he can say that with authority you can say that absolutely without any contra- fear of contradiction because it's from God. If it's uh, if this claim is written by a 7th century guy, an Arab from Arabia, then of course you can dismiss it as um, an opinion uttered centuries after the first century by someone who couldn't possibly know what really happened and indeed had no reason to doubt the Christian claim. So, at the end of the day, one can't empirically, I think, prove the Quran right or prove the Quran wrong. It comes down to a matter of faith. Do you believe the Quran is the word of God? It claims to be the word of God. It's up to you to decide if it is, then you accept what it says. It's impossible to disprove because history cannot disprove, historical research cannot disprove the statement that it appeared to people in the first century that Jesus was crucified, though he wasn't. How would you investigate that? You only have four Gospels and Paul's letters, and they're not even by eyewitness testimony anyway. So um, that's the conclusion. I will err on the side of the majority view, and that the Quran does actually deny the crucifixion of Jesus as such, not just that the Jews uh, erroneously boasted that they had crucified him and that they, they hadn't. But I understand there is a minority view in the Islamic tradition which states, in fact, that he its not saying that. It just says the Jews didn't. And this is a view that uh, people like Tim Winter and maybe Shabar Ali and others uh, rightly mention as a possible interpret- interpretation. And I, I, I don't know if they're right or they're wrong. It's up to you to decide. Um, I will say, though, that this book um, is excellent and it's the most exhaustive survey, um, I think, on the market that's ever been written uh, from a Western point of view. Um, it it uh, looks into the Arabic sources and uh, suggesting that the, uh, the perhaps the majority view is influenced by Israeliat rather than the actual teaching of the Qur'an. But he doesn't press that point too dogmatically, but is an excellent and fascinating book nevertheless. Um, another book that's come out recently, um, which does bear on this subject, is this book. OK, um, this is uh, called Apostate uh, by um, a Dutch writer who was a leading um, figure in uh, Gert Wilder's political party, uh, the Party for Freedom in Holland. And uh, he called for the calling. Uh, he called for the closure of mosques, the banning of Islam from the Netherlands until he became a Muslim. <laughs> he converted to Islam and um And his story is in here. And um, there's a forward, uh, amazingly, by Sheikh Hamza Yusuf and Professor Abdul Hakim Murad, also known as Tim Winter. And uh, so it has two big guns writing forwards to this book. Um, Now, I haven't read it all. I've only read bits of it. But I have read there's a chapter here called Was Jesus Crucified? And it's a particularly intelligent chapter. And he references Tim Winter's own comments on this and he references this book um and uh the whole book is actually very looks very interesting so he does discuss this in this new work as well which um i, I recommend i think that's the uh the back cover um so i think that's up for now i hope i haven't left you completely confused um but i just wanted to explore this issue um which is often presented as more clear-cut um, Than it really is in terms of the Islamic traditions, diverse uh, interpretive uh, conclusions, which are, uh, are surprisingly diverse. Anyway, until next time.